Hey, friend. Do you recall all the way back to episode number one, Jenny? Which seems like a year ago, but was actually the end of January, a few months ago. Well, this week's guest is Jenny's life partner in crime and wife, Sarah. Sarah and I have spent time together in person, but usually briefly and in the company of other people. Sarah came into Jenny's life when I was off gallivanting around the West Coast, and I never felt like I had the opportunity to get to know them. And as a very important person in the life of someone who is very important to me, I wanted to take the time to ask Sarah a million questions about her life. Here's my chat with Sarah. Hi. Hi. I'm in the the closet of darkness upstairs. (laughs) Things come full circle. You're in the same closet as your partner was on the first episode. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Celebrating life. Celebrating me. Yes. (laughs) Celebrating love and its many mysteries in the closet. How are you? How is your Sunday? Good. Um, Working. I've been Mm. working, which, you know, there are no boundaries Uh, during this time. Um, But it's okay. I can get a lot done and I feel it. it, I know it's not forever, so it feels. Mm -hmm. And you're you're still working for Penguin? For an imprint in the Penguin Random House family. Yes. Okay. And it's a big family? It is. It's a very large global family. Like how many, okay, so how many offshoots are there of Penguin? Do you know? I don't, so Penguin and Random House merged like five years ago. And each of them, I couldn't even say. They, each of them probably has like 60 imprints. Oh, wow. So then when we all come together, it's one big happy blended Modern family. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And now you haven't been going back and forth since the pandemic started, right? Because I know that you travel from Pennsylvania to Manhattan, right? Right, right. I was doing that three times a week Mm. to New York and back in a day. Um, And it was really exhausting, (laughs) surprisingly. Right. Um, yeah, so it's been really, I feel so much more energetic these days. So um, are there any books that you're currently working on that are blowing your mind? <laughs> well, it just so happens that I'm working on um, two books about flowers Right. One of yeah. which is about the Victorian language of flowers. Mm. So I'm learning a lot of history and a lot of strange trivia from the days of yore about... And nosegays? Like nosegays nose- of flowers for the pestilence? <laughs> yes. And wolfsbane and yes. asphodel. Yeah, wolfsbane, very popular in witchcraft. <laughs> yes. Um. And the poisoning of people using hemlock and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I'm working on a flower arranging book next. So I feel like this is part of my research is getting to know the flowers Mm -hmm. in their more mystic kind of earthy ways before I then deal with like styling and beautifying floral arrangements. Right. Did you watch The Big Flower Fight on Netflix? I sure did. Did I'm a big fan. You're a big fan? Yes. Um, yeah, I've, you know, I follow them on, on the Instagrams. Jan and who was, who was the, the partner of Jan in the competition? Hank? I think, is that right? I think you're right. Um, anyway, so so like on their, apparently they work at Kew Gardens is what they say on their Instagram. And I'm totally stalking that place this summer (laughs) when I go to the UK, I'm making the trek. Yes. I found in part of my research in editing this book about the language of flowers, I stumbled upon this book called The Witch's Garden. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of about some of the more mystical and sort of folkloric um, history Mm -hmm. of certain plants. And it's published in collaboration with the Kew Gardens, which is amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know that I've been to Kew Gardens I mean, when I, I don't know that I've been there, but if, if I was there, it would have been back when I was going to school in London and it wouldn't have been recently because I, I, yeah, I didn't go there recently. Um, I've only yeah. been to London once and I didn't go to the gardens. Mm. How is your pandemic? Oh, it's still going. <laughs> still going strong it's still going um i feel like we are like cresting a wave so to speak right now with um the weather getting nicer and people getting vaccinated Mm -hmm. and our daughter is back in school like things are starting to feel more normal um, right which is exhausting in its own way but really relieving and also it's like hard to to kind of get back into the swing of things mm-hmm. when my wife and I have been so used to like hunkering down and just getting through work this week and then doing our grocery shopping trip on Sunday and like uh-huh. I don't know it's we we have our routine so it'll be weird to have it disrupted but It'll be nice too. Right. When did when did Chloe go back to school? Um, March fifteenth was when she started. Four oh, days a birthday. week. <laughs> Happy birthday season! I know. Thank you. Yeah, I remember. Well, this is interesting. So I I should probably say. This is kind of like a full circle because I started this podcast with your partner, Jenny, who was a friend of mine, has been a friend of mine since the shit, the earlier aughts. <laughs> I don't remember whenever we were doing that weird wild horn Weber and Weber and Vile review. Um, yeah. And then I, I feel like I don't actually, um, know you that well although we've certainly hung out we've certainly seen each other 
Yeah. So I wanted to get to know you and also exploit you as part of this podcast. (laughs) Happy to be exploited. (laughs) I will only get to know you if it's in front of a public audience. Perfect. I'm a Leo, so I love that. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like I don't I don't know you like I want to know where did you grow up? I don't think I know that. I grew up right. So Jenny and I, um, we live in a town called Paoli and Jenny grew up one town over in Berwyn and I grew up one town in the other direction. Which uh, Malvern. You grew up in Malvern. See, now I didn't even think that you, I I didn't know that you grew up in in Pennsylvania. I I just had no idea. I, for some reason, thought you're from far away. (laughs) Oh, that's exotic. I like it. (laughs) I mean, when I say far away, I think I thought you were from like around New York City. Okay. Well, I was born in New Jersey, so started there, started from the bottom, as they say. And are your, is your family still in the area? Yes, they um, still live in my childhood home, just in the next town over. Mm. And do you see them often? Not recently um, because of the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. before that, yeah, I would have like lunch or dinner, kind of try to go over once a month and just be in touch when big Mm. things are happening. The once a month sounds ideal i wish i could talk to my parents on the phone once a month (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a nice distance that is i don't know it's we we are not big communicators in my family Mm -hmm. so it's nice to meet every once in a while have a lot to talk about a lot to catch up on and then kind of leave, go about our business and reconnect mm-hmm. um, when there's a lot more to, to say. And how has their pandemic been? Well, they both had COVID um, about a month ago, maybe two months ago. Mm. And my dad, he had gone in for like a hearing test at at his doctor's office and he was in a very confined space like this tiny shell of a closet that I'm in um and he thinks he contracted it there and oh no he lost his sense of smell and taste and it was a little scary for maybe like five days but now they're okay they're both okay Uh, and hanging in so that's good yeah I would like to get COVID if I just lost my appetite no, I'm joking. It's horrible. <laughs> I don't mean to joke about getting COVID, but I, yeah, losing my appetite during the pandemic would have been a huge help. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I've actually gotten more into cooking during the pandemic. Which oh, is you have? Nice. Yeah. What are you cooking? Well, a little bit of everything, but with a seven-year-old, um, our palate is a little bit limited because <laughs> um, I try to make something that all of us will eat. Uh-huh. So a lot of pasta dishes. Right. Um, okay. I found a good baked 
like baked pasta dish that's a hit mm-hmm. and um i don't know just easy kind of pub grubby food yeah at home so i feel like i have a little more control and it's a little less bad for you right yeah i have a very limited menu of things that i that i make <laughs> i mean it's i felt like there there were points in the past that I had people over, I guess, for dinner, and I might spice it up a little bit. I mean, I might do something mildly unlu- unusual, but not like nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, but since I've basically just been cooking for myself for most of the pandemic, um, yeah, it's been it's been limited. So my menu items are: I do a stir fry. I do a sort of Asian style stir fry with, mm-hmm. you know, with like a chili paste and coconut aminos, mm-hmm. um, and some vegetables and some seitan. I do that. I do the Beyond Burgers because I just throw them in the air fryer. I do Ooh. pasta, of course, um, and then. I well, I had to stop, but well, <laughs> I got an air fryer solely so I could have French fries on pretty much a daily basis. Amazing. But I was eating too many of them and like feeling a little thicker than usual, so <laughs> I stopped doing that. Now the air fryer has been predominantly for like Brussels sprouts and Beyond Burgers. Okay, I thought you were going to say you had to put the air fryer away, which would have been <laughs> no a sad state of affairs. Yeah, she's still there. Although I never really perfected the fry in the air fryer before I stopped making the fries. Well, maybe that's good. Yeah. (laughs) They were just never really quite like fried fries. (laughs) You know, like actual like put this in that vat of oil and fry me up some fries. Listen, there's only (laughs) one way to get that done. Yeah. Yeah. When I was drunk one time, I tried to fry fries in oil, um, like just in a very shallow wok situation. And I just dumped like an entire thing of, I think, like vegetable. It was like generic Wesson vegetable. No, generic Wesson isn't generic, but it's sometimes just like straight up vegetable oil. It wasn't fancy. And it just didn't work out so well. No. (laughs) I guess you need to have like a splash guard on that thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's no joke. I do have a um, like a chicken schnitzel uh, Mm. sandwich recipe that I found recently that you have to fry the Uh chicken in like a little bit of oil. And even just a little bit of oil that I put in, it's it's a little bit of a hazard. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Where did you meet Jenny? On the wonderful internet, on Tinder. I knew this. Yeah, I definitely heard this. I just forgot. Um, I feel like I've been talking with people a lot about um, meeting people on the interwebs. (laughs) And my last conversation was actually that me and my guest had met on AOL men for men chat room in like the 90s dial up days. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. Is a special kind of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. 
back like before pictures, I mean, it, it was just strictly chat. If you wanted to send a picture, you would have to take an actual photograph and scan it and then upload it and send it to their email. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I remember those days. I remember I was, because I'm a little younger than you are, I was too young to be going into those chat rooms, but I wanted to see what it was all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just remember it being really trashy. Like I would go into some random chat room and it would just be people being like, ASL, where are you from? What do you look like? Send me pics. And like, that was the extent of it. We were all, yeah. we were all trolls back then in chat rooms. I don't know that we've changed very much. It's just like the ASL is now an option if you'd like to share that. But people share whatever they really, whatever they want. They don't necessarily need to share that. And and people still, I feel like on Grinder and Scuff are like, show me more pics. Right. <laughs> it's the visual satisfaction. Yeah. Um. I was. There was an article that came out about. Um, Pete Buttigieg and his partner Chastin meeting in an airport on an app that I had never heard of. Yes. Ever. Do you remember this at all? Have you heard the story? No. Uh, I really wish if someone remembers that app, um, <laughs> I don't know, email, <laughs> email me or or I'll just or drop it on Instagram, or I'll just stop being lazy and actually use Google. But like, it was like an app I had never heard of in my life. And for two gay men to be on that app that no one's ever heard of in the same terminal, I'm like, y'all, one of you is lying. <laughs> you were on Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a cover. It sounds like a cover up. Yeah. It was like, it was like an app for, um, I don't know, like, cleanly suit wearing white gay men like called like <laughs> hasten or something it was, oh my god it was i can't remember white collar white collar <laughs> oh gosh <sighs> there well. was a cleaning service in la that serviced koreatown called white collar really <laughs> yes I would giggle because they would always put their cards, like their business cards, in every front door. They would always leave like a bunch of them in the apartment building's front doors. And every time I saw it, I would laugh. <laughs> LA. Yeah. We've only been I've only been once there also. And mm. I want to go back because I don't think I really experienced enough of it. I think I've you went there with Jenny, didn't you? Mm-hmm. On a mm-hmm. trip, and I heard about this. It didn't. Your Airbnb wasn't working out so well. Yeah, it was. It was a little uh, scheduling snafu, <laughs> right? Where we forgot to book it for both of the nights we were staying, and only booked it for one. Um, <laughs> the cleaning lady came in when we weren't ready for her. It was. Uh, it was a mess, but right. It's okay. Where was the Airbnb? It was very close to the um, the one of the tr- like mouths of the trail that goes up to the Griffith Observatory. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Kind of in the middle of nowhere, there was like a random 
strip mall across the street. <laughs> yeah, that that's a regular occurrence in LA. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, totally. What is one of your favorite Airbnb stays? Oh, well, when Jenny and I were first dating a few years ago, we went to Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and we stayed in this little, like, backyard chateau of a lesbian couple who were Oof. in their 60s. And we had our own little private space, and we were right by um, this cute little strip of fancy shops. And it was mm-hmm. just like a little gay home away from home. We felt so taken care of by our elders. It was uh, really cute. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I'm trying to remember mine. Um, <laughs> I, for some reason, like, no Airbnb situations are standing out where they blew my mind. I think I've always tried to just save money on Airbnb because it was always, like, a little bit cheaper than a hotel mm-hmm. or, like, a lot cheaper than a hotel. Um, although I did stay at an Airbnb in Friedrichshain in Berlin that was just, it had the coolest doors. Like this building was built, I think, in the 20s. And it just like to get into the apartment unit, it's just these ginormous wood doors with like stained glass. It was just super fucking cool. And like the oh. biggest like doorknob in the middle of the door and the door and like a skeleton key or something. I don't know. But it was like right in the middle of the door. In the middle of the door. Just stick the skeleton key right in the middle of the door. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, that's was, a place we we were gonna go last summer. Um oh. but then in like April, we made the call that we weren't mm-hmm. we weren't gonna go. Yeah. So that's it's, on our short list. Yeah, yeah. If you ever go there, take the train to Grunewald, which is Ooh. a tiny town with some fancy shops and um the forest, the big Grunewald forest. And when you walk back like on the trail to go into the forest, like there's this lake with these houses that you're like, what? Who lives here? It's like oh. one of those, like, it reminds me of like a David E. Kelly situation, but like not in Malibu, like in <laughs> Berlin. It's just like these super rich people, like just like with these houses right on a lake. <laughs> and like it's a murder mystery situation. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Like a mini community by the lake. Yeah. In the dark woods. Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually looked it up one time who lives there. And there was actually someone who was like a famous politician or something. I can't remember. But but it was like, yeah. Yeah, I was not imagining the <laughs> size of these houses. <laughs> what do you have going on this week? This week, I'm wrapping up editing this flower book. Mm-hmm. Um, and we usually, so next week is our daughter's spring break. So we, we have her signed up for a soccer camp for the mornings. Um, um wait a she, second. <laughs> um, how long is the spring break? It's just a week. It's all next week. 
why are you making your daughter work during spring break? Because we need to work. <laughs> we also need to work. I mean, like soccer camp. <laughs> she loves it. Oh. We think. <laughs> she like she well, okay. So we we put her in soccer camp last summer because we right. it was, you know, the beginning of the pandemic. I was adjusting to working from home and my hours and workloads started to really fluctuate and it was just exhausting to have to also help take care of our first grader. Um, and Jenny, my partner, she was switching careers because she used to be in theater mm -hmm. and she was just figuring out she wanted to go into real estate, which she has made the transition very successfully. Um, but we just needed somewhere. We needed Chloe to be somewhere. And right. we didn't know what to do because there weren't really camps going on anywhere. And we didn't feel safe necessarily having her do things for too long of periods. But there was this half day outdoor soccer camp mm -hmm. that a friend was doing. And so she was like, I want to go to soccer camp with Maggie. And she ended up loving it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so we're sending her to the same one. Hopefully the love is still there, but when you're seven, who knows? Things right. come and go <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah. When you mentioned um, cooking for a seven-year-old, I was like, what is the palate of a seven-year-old these days? Oh, my gosh. It's carbs. <laughs> oh, well, same. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, carbs, and she's very into sushi right now. So we do, okay. we'll do takeout once a week or every other week. Um, she discovered Doritos this year, so oh yeah, it's an exciting and dark time in her life, you know. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say that because there was a, I think this was on NPR, and they were talking. There was a, there was a some type of piece about like junk food showing up in people's houses during the pandemic. And some parent was like, we now have Cheetos in our house. We never had Cheetos in our house before. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like a phenomenon, like like this eating of junk food, I guess this like comfort, like just, yeah, yeah. And just like leaning into it, being mm. like, I typically don't buy these things for myself, but screw it everything's upside down and yeah. totally fucked up so i deserve doritos yeah what kind of doritos just your standard red bag right what uh, what flavor is the red bag i only know cool ranch and then there's one like oh wait flame and hot but flame and hot are cheetos um i had a chat once with an astrologer who said that um, for me, because I have my moon is in Taurus. Mm -hmm. She noticed a lot of people whose moon was in Taurus got into food later in life or got into cooking later in life. And I feel like that is finally happen happening. Right. It's, it's a weird moment that like it's it's lodged in my brain. The right. Fact that she said that. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's true. Maybe it's all true. Mm. I wonder why, yeah. I wonder why you would come at it like that. Or was it just like it just so happened that Taurus is tended to cook later? 
Yeah, I don't know where the rhythmic nature of things, right. how that plays in, but. I wish I knew more about astrology. I don't know much, although I did download this app, um, which is a deep dive. Oh, it's called Time Passages. Oh. And it's like you put it does your chart. You put in like your birthday and the time and whatever. <laughs> but it does your whole chart and then it does like your planets and like what's going on. And then like it it also does your daily horoscope, but like it does all the things like your sun sextile oh. natal moon and Mars sextile natal sun and and Sharon whoever that is <laughs> yeah like Who it does it does Sharon try Trini natal Saturn <laughs> welcome to the stage <laughs> Sharon um, yeah like it does that, all the things that would be a great like yeah like cabaret or drag gig just like a series of like sharon of the north but it's really like the star the chiron star i don't know yeah totally a, a whole, whole astrological review yeah cosmetics cosmology yes <laughs> it fits for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally i feel like yeah that'd be like a really smart smart knowledgeable drag queens that know all about astrology mm -hmm. i wish that well or at least like thought that i would see like more drag queen tarot card decks right yeah right. like why is there not a whole rupaul's drag race like tarot deck with all of the queens there are enough of them to like I, fill all of the major and minor arcana. I feel like there has to be at this point. Yeah. Somebody's made it somewhere. Limited, Com limited print run of like 400 copies. Yeah. Now I know, I believe Raja, who is the winner of season two, um, has a tarot deck, and I believe all of the, all of the suits and all of the cards are her. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Which I love. I believe that's Perfect. the case, although don't quote me. Yeah. Well, honestly, don't we embody all of the archetypes that we encounter on the fool's journey? That is life. Yeah. So yeah, she should be on every card. Yeah. Good for her. All the swords and all the cups. <laughs> I do have a um some speaking of meeting people online, I have some internet friends who um run a stationery company mm -hmm. out of Richmond and they wrote a book recently and they're doing a, a gay tarot. And um they asked their social following for like queer models. Does anyone want to be part of our tarot deck? Submit this like fill out this survey of your favorite mm -hmm. card and who you are and um jenny and i and our daughter chloe are going to be in the gay tarot deck you are mm -hmm. like featured as a triumvirate on a particular card on what card the six of swords uh -huh. 
So air and the six. And the the traditional rider weight image is of, I think it's it's three people. There's someone who's rowing a boat, and then there's a person protecting another person who's like hidden under a cloth, and they're in a boat fleeing from somewhere. They're on to their next next journey in life. Right. So that's us, I guess. That's cool. So is it is it like a photograph or like is it um a a drawing or painting? We had a friend take our photograph like in the the so the um authors names are Ash and Chess and mm-hmm. Ash and Chess asked each of their models to get a photograph of them in the same kind of configuration as the traditional right. rider weight tarot cards. So we pulled out the card, looked at it, had our friend photograph us in the positions, uh-huh. and then Ash drew a version of it where she like gave Jenny these cool printed pants and like put me in a pink hat and added all these accessories to make it like, uh-huh. super vibrant and fun. That's so cool. It's really cool. I mean, shit being memorialized on a tarot deck that's like pretty that's pretty special hi friend it's me dropping into the sponsorship slot to let you know that i miss you has a patreon subscriber page and i would love your support i'm keeping it simple there's a monthly subscriber choice of five dollars and ten dollars for both you'll have access to a patrons-only Facebook group for connecting with myself, fans of the show, and maybe a guest or two. Also, occasional drops of bonus content. For $10, I'm adding this super sweet pink and white enamel pin that says, Hi friend. Wear it to the grocery store, to the gym, to your COVID vaccination, or anywhere else where cool kids are wearing pins these days. Who knows? Maybe you'll meet a new friend. Your Patreon coin goes to support the upkeep of the show, which includes studio rental, gas to get to the studio, website and recording platform fees, dog treats. If committing to a monthly fee seems a little out of reach at the moment and you'd still like to support the show, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal at our website, imissyoupodcast.com. Now, back to the convo. Um, For some reason, I was just... Provincetown just like came and popped into my head and I feel like I don't know why that was maybe I was remembering Jenny telling the story of you two in Provincetown you've because you've been there together right yeah yeah was it long ago it was I think we had been dating for like three months and we decided to go on our first trip and we drove from Philly all the way up to Provincetown yeah not a bad drive it's not a bad drive. It's yeah. long, but it's 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 pretty easy. Not terrible. Yeah, and it's it is. I feel like it's that it's that last little bit of stretch when you get onto the peninsula and like have to go down that road at a certain speed limit and like pass all this like sandwich and mash pee and all those places. I'm like, then it starts feeling long. <laughs> right. You're like, we're here. We've been here. For, yeah, we're, we've been here. We're now here. now we're following the 30 mile per hour traffic all the way down the peninsula. We've only been the once and we're going back. We we just, it's a matter of when. Yeah. Were you there for a theme week? 
Um, I don't think we were there for a theme week, but there was a an orange is the new black themed lesbian party that uh, we were like, why not? Let's amazing. bring our scrubs. <laughs> and we went all out. Uh, uh, we went all out. Us specific characters. Oh, wait, were you like the two leads, the blonde and the... And what's her face? Uh, Laura Pepon. Right. It's the most tragic thing because we were so decked out. We had, Mm -hmm. we both had khaki scrubs. I forget why we had them, but we had them. Mm -hmm. And Jenny looked exactly like Alex Voss. I, this was in the era of Ruby Rose on the Mm -hmm. show and she's like all tatted up. So we brought fake tattoos and I have fake tattoos all over my arms and my neck and we walk in and we're so excited to meet our our fellow people and like everyone's wearing jeans and t-shirts and looking at us like we're insane pull it together lesbians come on (laughs) you're so disappointed this is why there are no lesbian bars left because when they go out when we go out we are no fun it's so sad uh, <laughs> it's too real. Yeah, you know, I used to hang out all the time in this lesbian bar called Diamonds with a Z, and it was in Allentown, Pens- no, it was in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. What? And it was near my undergrad. It was near Muhlenberg. And I would go there and sit up at that bar and I would order cheese fries. <laughs> and it would come out like five pounds of fries and like an entire can of cheese. <gasps> poured on the top of this gigantic dinner-sized oval plate. (laughs) I would just sit in there and drink vodka martinis and eat these fucking fries. (laughs) I'm fanning myself. It was really... I was was like 21 and it was the beginning of the end. (laughs) Diamonds with a Z. Diamonds. Diamonds, yeah. So wait, was this was this at Halloween when you went to this Orange is the New Black party? No, it was in July. So it wasn't Pride. It wasn't Halloween. It was just some (laughs) summer theme. Who knows? Right. So it was not it was not a costume party, per se. It was just like an Orange is the New Black enthusiast party. (laughs) Right. Like when someone says theme. We, being the theatrical people we are, think costume. Of course. So we brought it. No one else brought it. I did make friends <laughs> with really d- a woman who, who made soap there. She was like, <laughs> let me tell you about my soap business. And I <laughs> okay. said, sure. Okay. Sure. And you didn't make like a soap dropping the soap in the showers joke? <laughs> no. Nope. No. Um. Too, I was too new to the game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my! So July, yeah. Um, I think the Provincetown Women's Weekend theme—I believe it's called the Women's Weekend—is like in June because I've been there for it, and I have gone to one of those ginormous lesbian parties. Yes. <laughs> where they were playing so many remixes of Shaggy. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, I can't dance to this, and there is a lot of Coors Light on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's such You paint such an evocative picture. Yeah. I just, no. 
I just know <laughs> about it. But July, actually, the theme week and the big theme week, week in July is Bear Week, which is like, I don't know, sometime like it's like around the July 12th weekend or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, Where was the party? Was it like in a private residence or was it somewhere else? No, it was at, I think it was on that main strip. Um, it was at a, it was at a, like, bar-ish, like, venue that opened up to a deck that overlooked the beach. Yeah, yeah, it was the, um, boathouse. Was it the boathouse? It's like a club, and then there's like a bar in the back, and then there's like a big deck, and there's like a pool. I don't remember a pool. Oh, then it's, I know each other. There's another one that does not have a pool and it's just a deck that overlooks the beach. Like if you go through that arcade past like those food places into the back. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. that was it. Um, It's like oh. the waterfront. It's where the waterfront cinema or something is. I can't remember. We did go to a party at the place with the pool. Right. Another night. Right. It's just party town, USA. It really is. You know, um, they are, they're not, I think all of the theme weeks are again, well, no, that's not true. I think their theme weeks are going on, but they're canceling all the parties this summer because I know that Bear Week apparently is supposed to happen and people are going to go. Like, I just think wow. we're not quite there yet. Yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe everyone will get vaccinated by June. I hope so. Um, maybe it'll be fine. But it's, but it's definitely like Provincetown. I can't even imagine what would have happened to Provincetown if they would have gone on with those theme weeks last year because it's literally a tiny, tiny town. And when those theme weeks in the summer happen, it's people are packed in there like sardines. You're basically, and people are drunk and they're making out with everybody. It's just like, it's just, just sweating like all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> sweating all over the place. But it's like, a, it's a good time. Yeah. But it's not pandemic friendly. No, our whole world. I mean, just watching TV nowadays, I, I'm so aware of all of the interactions. Like, mm -hmm. are you sure you want to eat your sandwich inside that bodega? And and all the germs? Yeah. I'm just so aware of it all. It's very, it's, yeah. we're emerging in a very new, with a very new mindset. You know, speaking of TV, I... I think it's been interesting seeing um, the TV and film that's been made during the pandemic. Like, it's been coming up now. Like, you see it, and it's like noticing something's quite different there. Something looks different or it feels different. Like, there aren't any extras in the background of the scene, and you kind of, oh. like, barely notice that it. But, yeah, it's interesting, like, seeing how it's sort of just, like, integrated into our normal viewing. Just wow. fine, really. I haven't noticed that, because I guess we've been watching... I've been watching older stuff, but... Mm -hmm. I've seen some television where they mentioned being in a pandemic. Oh, 
this is it. Okay, so there was a TV show. I stopped watching it. It just, it wasn't doing it for me. But it was called, it's called, it's still on. It's called Big Sky. And there is a scene where, like, nobody's wearing masks in this whole TV show. And there's a scene where this dude goes in to, like, buy a sweater at the shop. And the woman goes, we're having a COVID discount. Now, mind you, no one's been socially distancing in this entire (laughs) TV show or wearing a mask up to this point. No one's even mentioned COVID. And they just, like, I think there were actually articles that came out about this, like, <laughs> like being like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is like a pure example of what you are not supposed to do in the pandemic. And then they just throw it in. Oh, by the way, we are actually in the pandemic. But nobody seems to be aware of it. Nobody seems to be aware well, of it. It does. Doesn't it take place like in the middle of nowhere? It's in, I believe, Minnesota, but like they're they're in places that are fully populated. Like they're <laughs> in a police precinct with like police just all around. And like it's not like I mean, this guy has just walked up into this woman's shop without a mask, and she didn't have a mask on. You know, it's not like they're like <laughs> shouting to each other from across a giant farm. Oh my god, <laughs> big sky! I know. Big Sky, like, what were you doing? What were you doing? Well, we were just watching um, The Americans, which is an old FX show. Yeah, I watched, I believe, two episodes, and it was just one of those things where I couldn't get into it. Well, for those who don't know, it's about um, Russian spies during the era of the Cold War in America, living in America Mm -hmm. as Americans. And I forget what season it is, but there's one season where one of their fellow Russian spies has infiltrated some like biological testing um, lab. And it's the start of like potential biological warfare. They get this virus Mm -hmm. that they have to contain and some of the characters mistakenly get it and then they have to like wipe off the pay phones that they're using and chop the cord and take the phone so that no one else mm-hmm. gets this virus. And it was like just hitting a little, little close to home. It was very strange. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine um, who was actually on the, on the podcast <clears throat> and we were like, could you imagine because this actually happened several, well, many, many times. Could you imagine being in the middle of the pandemic, like back when we didn't have internet? There was no social oh. media. There was no even phone. Like There was no, certainly no television. Maybe even before there's no radio, like, or I guess there was radio during the Spanish influenza in 1918. But like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you were, if you were like, were people, I want to know, were people locking down back then? Like, what's going on? Did anybody live then that could give me a call and let me right. know how it was? Like, <laughs> like, was Paul Revere riding through the streets saying, lock your doors, everyone stay inside? Or, yeah. How did totally. That work? Like, I want to know, <laughs> was someone running through the streets 
or or riding a horse through the streets going stay inside <laughs> yeah i think right when this all started last year there was an older book um published about the spanish flu that skyrocketed to the top of the new york times bestseller list because people were so interested they're like what's my touch point what's my cultural touch point for what is happening what, right like, what is happening in our world and this book just blew up. I forget what yeah. it's called. Well, it's interesting to like sort of think think comparatively to to like now and then because there's a real comparison in the same number of like infections and deaths or I might be wrong on that, but it's not like there's not like a gigantic chasm, I don't think. But then just like to think in terms of like, well, how the population has risen and then like the different living conditions. But then there being like a similarity in like infections and deaths. Right. Like I just I think like thinking comparatively, it's really interesting. <laughs> I've really become more interested in history in the past few years just because of things like covid you know it's mm -hmm. we we grow up learning that history repeats itself so right learn from what's happened in the past so you can be prepared for the future and i have never seen that more played out than in these past few years right i'm looking up the spanish flu death rate because <laughs> i want to make sure <laughs> that i wasn't completely oh talked out of my head. Wait, I don't even understand this. <laughs> oh, it is estimated that about 500 million people or one third of the world's population became infected. Okay, I guess things were bad back ah! then. <laughs> it was, that was rough. That was a rough moment. That was more than 50 million people died. With wow. some, but with some 675,000 in the US. We're nearing that. Now, mind you, the population was, you know, right. nowhere the same. But yeah, so I was making some pretty gross generalizations. <laughs> but like, Sorry. yeah, that's a lot of people. And it's I'm looking at it, too. It's the global pandemic lasted for two years. This is according to history.com. Mm -hmm. Um a significant number of the deaths happen within like three months within that fall. Right. But like, <laughs> how? Like, weren't people like, people had to take a boat like to get places. Like, how, there were like, I just feel like, how many people died that quickly? Like, how? That thing just like, that virus just flew around? Because it's not like people could move around like we can now. Right. Like, Going up and traveling to six states away, or yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I, I feel like people weren't moving as fast as we are now. Like transportation wasn't what it was now, but like that's crazy. I guess it was just the infection. The it must have just been hella more infectious than now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could look uh, at somebody the wrong way and infect them. Just right. Right to their soul. <laughs> oh God, I really put myself. I feel like I've really put myself into so many situations where 
Like if I were going to get infected with COVID, it would have happened. Like I was going to a rock climbing gym, you know, everyone's touching all the the holds and like breathing near the wall. And like, I mean, everyone's wearing masks, of course, but yeah, I was definitely going to the gym during the pandemic. Um, Yeah. We were pretty, pretty locked, locked up in a way. I guess I was, well, I live alone too. And I, I avoid people. So, I mean, I guess I didn't have it that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I found that being an introvert, it's not as hard for me to get through these yeah. days without a lot of socialization. What is your Myers-Briggs? I forget if I'm INFP or INFJ. Mm. It might depend on the day. Yeah. I've taken it and come back INFJ. But I just took it three days ago. And I was ENFJ and INFJ. Oh, an ambivert. Yeah. Huh. I could see that. Like, I definitely love a party. But I love to leave the party super early and be alone. Yes. Yes. Like, Same. Yeah. Ditto. That feels delightful to me. I love leaving a party and going to bed early, knowing that everyone else is still like getting trashed and I'm going to feel great in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. <sighs> Do not invite me to the after party. Like, it's not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I can't do it. Like, this party starts at one. Are you kidding? Like, no. one, 1 a.m. is when I'm waking up and beginning my day. I'm not, like, <laughs> trying to start a party at one o'clock in the morning. But that seems like such a foreign concept these days. Like, yeah. to be out at a party in the middle of the night. Totally. Although I would probably go to a 1 a.m. party nowadays because I go to bed at nine. So like I could get in my like, what is it like four or five, four, <laughs> four or five hours. Well, no, that's like four hours. Yep. Yeah. And then and then wake up and go to this party for a little bit, and like come home and go back to bed. <laughs> that would be too disruptive for my my right. my gently sleeping soul. <laughs> I feel like there have been some parties that have gone on till like they were like marathon parties that went on till like 10 a.m. And I have actually gotten up like at six o'clock in the morning and stopped by that fucker when the sun was coming up. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. That's definitely been in that was an LA situation, I believe. That tracks. Oh, you know where else it was a situation um, at radical fairy gatherings. This also tracks. Yeah, yeah, because people. I mean, we're all camping, and people would be having parties and go all night, and we'd wake up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've slept a little bit. Go and stop by that thing. See who's <laughs> still there. <laughs> who's like who's still hanging on it. for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> looks like they've been hit by the car and now their flesh is just hanging off the front end. <laughs> yeah. In the woods. 
Yeah, I do love a woods moment. Although, I've been getting like, okay, there are two times that I backpacked and and camped overnight in the past year and a half. And I could barely sleep because I was having irrational fears the entire night because it was like in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of the wilderness, nowhere. Yeah. And my dog in the middle of the night will like, woof, woof, woof. and it's really unnecessary. And it, and it just <laughs> freaks me out. Oh, and not, it's been yeah. like situations where I've woken up in the morning and it's, it was obviously some type of like small, it was like small woodland creatures, like brushing past the tent or it was the wind, but it's still just like, it just, I don't know. It freaks me out. I just, my, my head goes to all of those like slasher films I've watched. Like, like some slasher is going to hike 11 miles into <laughs> these woods to like murder somebody. <laughs> like, no, they're not doing like, that. No, they don't know you're there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, this is why I don't, I'm not a horror person with the exception mm. of like the occasional 1970s campy as hell right like the original suspiria oh is of course a beauty um yeah jessica yeah. harper was a moment is that who played was she like the lead girl yeah jessica okay. harper um american actress doing a lot of foreign films, I feel like, because Jessica Harper was in the sequel to a Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was oh. called Shock Treatment. And it was almost the entire original cast. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's actually not true. It was Richard O'Brien, um, uh, Patricia Quinn, who played Magenta, and Nell Campbell, who played Little Nell, or Little... Columbia, played Columbia. Lil Nell no uh -huh. was her like nickname. Okay. It was those folks, Barry Humphreys, Dame Edna, um, but like Tim Curry and the original, like, um, who were the leads? That was Susan, Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. And wasn't Alec Baldwin. <laughs> it was very, uh, I don't I forget. I don't know. They weren't in it, but Jessica Harper played the Susan Sarandon character in the sequel with Barry Bostwick, who was um, the... No, it was Cliff. Barry Bostwick was in the original one. It was Cliff DeWitt who was okay. in the sequel. I can't believe that I remember these things. Like This is you know very this impressive. Is? I worked at a video store when I was a teenager, and I have a very strange knowledge of, like, of movie trivia. Like I, because I've, I've seen everything in that, in that place. Oh, um, the video store. What a yeah, relic. I, I know. I, you know, I just, I just started to watch the last blockbuster, which is a documentary about the last blockbuster in Oregon today, but I only got like 20 minutes into it. Oh my gosh. Blockbuster. Um, yeah. But wait, what were we talking about? How to, oh, Jessica Harper. So yeah, Jessica Harper was in that film. Um, and she sang. She's, yes, it's like she a music. Does. It's a musical, obviously. So, yeah. Jessica Harper. Yeah. Where is she now? Is she still around? She is still around. I believe I looked this up not too long ago. Um, she is still around. And I believe she's kind of looking great. 
let me um yeah yeah 71 oh wow 71 years of age oh and she was also speaking of 70s weird 70s movies she was also in brian de palma's phantom of paradise oh i've never seen that which was like that rock version of like the phantom story oh my gosh i believe and it was a brian de palma film brian de palma who did those like um dressed to kill right could be wrong yeah i think yeah I, psychological thriller like usually okay. like a murder a killer in it yeah oh, i that's one of that's something that i wish i had more time for like i would love to go through old film like pick a genre pick a director mm-hmm. and just really envelop myself in it but yeah. i'm i'm more of a tv person these days so Mm -hmm. why would you say that i don't know it's tv is it's it's easier to binge i guess so Mm -hmm. like to just sit back and let a few episodes roll at the end of the night there's less decision making than like are we gonna watch three horror films from 1975 or are we gonna Mm -hmm. watch David Lynch's first movies or, you know, what are we going to watch tonight? Yeah. But TV is just easy. Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, and 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 also easy TV. Like, I, my attention span has not been the same since the pandemic started. And sometimes I just need these, whatever I'm watching, to kind of just fade into the background while I do other things. Right. And like a movie is a meal. And sometimes you just want a snack. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. But but that being said, I have seen some good, good films lately. That just like Nomad Land. Oh, I wanna see, I love Francis oh, McDormand. I have to see oh it. Oh my gosh. It ruined me. <gasps> <laughs> I was so affected. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I cried. And not a lot of movies make me do that. Yeah. Oh no. Um, yeah. And the same thing with The Father, which I saw last night. Who's in that? Anthony Hopkins plays um, it's based on the play by Florian Zeller. Um, and Anthony Hopkins plays a um person with Alzheimer's, and Olivia Coleman is his daughter. Oh, yeah, and I it's just her. it's all about him um and 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 almost through his experience of the Alzheimer's so different like um different characters are replaced and confused and time lapses in a different way and it goes back and it's so you're really kind of the film itself is through his experience of Alzheimer's. And he was nominated I think for the Academy Award for that performance. He's so good in it. Ugh. And and his Instagram is really a treat. He has an Instagram page. Anthony Hopkins has an Instagram and it is delightful. Oh he, my gosh. He's playing the piano gorgeously in it. He's like serenading the people. He's like doing little dances. I mean, it's just delightful. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Video content. I feel like anytime I find kind of an older, an older celebrity who has just cracked into Instagram or who I didn't know had an Instagram, like it's, it is such a delight. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example, but. Another one is for me is Glenn Close. Glenn. See, Glenn I didn't Close's know she had one. Instagram is delightful as well. This is good intel. Some yeah. Sideline entertainment. Who is one of your favorite actors? Actors. Right now, I'm very much on the Katherine Hahn train. She's okay. not older, you know, but I just, I've always loved her. I loved her in like early 2000s rom-coms and I'm so glad she's having She's having a moment. A moment right yeah. now. I was going to say, because I feel like the same thing. I was gonna, I feel like I've seen her in those type of rom-coms. I'm like, oh. but all of a sudden it was like she was everywhere. And she was like doing these like, just like thick, thick, like meaty roles all of a yeah. sudden. Yeah, totally. She, yeah, she was in um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. She's like, the sidekick friend of yeah. Kate Hudson. She was in, I think, Step Brothers. She plays like some insane woman who falls in love with Will Ferrell. Um, mm. And then she was in an M. Night Shyamalan movie recently too. So she's like mm. dabbled in some, some genre work. And then she got her couple of TV breaks with transparent and i love dick and mrs fletcher and now the world is in love Mm -hmm. as they should be Mm. yeah i do i do like her um who are you loving right now uh i mean like sorry specifically now i think like well now that i think about the father um i think about Florian Zeller, who who is the playwright of The Father, also wrote The Mother. And I saw The Mother on stage in New York. And the person who played The Mother was Isabel Huppert. None other than France's royal queen of the drama. Oh. Yes. I I think I I know her face. I know her face. It's hard to compare her to like she's definitely not a Meryl Streep um yeah I mean but she is like that she is the queen of like acting and she's done these like out there roles like with with just like yeah with like far-reaching storylines and like just crazy storylines and yeah so I want to ask you before we go, what is one thing that you're looking forward to in 2021? I am looking forward to getting away on a real vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if it's just a weekend somewhere new where it feels safe and feels like I can detach from this weird cycle of a that we've been in. I don't know. The the routine of it all is, like I said in the beginning, it's like overwhelming to think about getting out of it. But I think some time away, mm-hmm. I just can't wait to kind of really appreciate 
time off. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, I took it for granted before, like you take your vacation days, you go on your vacations and it's part of the everyday relentlessness of life. But now I'm excited to crave and appreciate and really just be in a vacation to rest for myself and recharge. Maybe selfish, but. No, I wouldn't say it was selfish. I would say it was deserving. <sighs> I think everyone deserves a vacation after this past <laughs> year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like free, like give me that $14 check and also give everybody like a free fucking trip to a resort by a beach with some like Mai Tai drink tickets. <laughs> yes. And a good book. Mm-hmm. And for me, lots of sunscreen. Because Yeah, same here. Yeah. The very pale skin. But oh my gosh, what it would be like to exist outside of the four walls of my home for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it more. I hope you get to take your vacation sooner than later. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining me and chatting. Thank you. This was so a delight yeah delight alrighty have a good rest of your night you too bye bye do you have any questions feedback or want to share a story about reconnecting you can drop me an email at imissyoupodcast at gmail.com find and follow the show on Instagram at imissyoupodcast I Miss You is hosted edited and produced by me with lots of help from the universe this episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Sklarski. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio, or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show. Till next time, new friend.